Get the best odds on all the big games this March. Download the Circa Sports Iowa app today. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. On today's episode of the podcast, uh, it's just Matt Campbell's press conference from Iowa State Football Media Day on Monday up in Ames. We've got complete coverage of Cyclone Football Media Day right now on CycloneFanatic.com. Hopefully, well, I guess maybe not yet uh, as I'm recording this, but we will have full coverage of it uh, throughout the rest of the afternoon and evening uh, and heading in through the rest of the week. Me and Rob were up there. I got a lot of really great stuff and some things that I think uh, you guys will really enjoy here. And uh, Coach Campbell during this press conference touched on a lot of different things, uh, recruiting, uh, where the program still needs to continue to improve, handling expectations, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. And I think you guys will really enjoy it. It was a really uh, pretty informative uh, press conference. It's by Matt Campbell's standards. So uh, without much further ado, I'll just hand it off to Coach Campbell. Um, morning. What roles or role or roles do you have planned for Andrew Meebus this year? Yeah, you know, I, I think we'll see as camp continues to evolve. Um, I think there's a lot of strengths that Andrew has. Obviously, his, he's got uh, a really strong leg, which has been certainly a, a really fun to watch and see. I also think the growth of, man, Drake Nettles and Connor Sally through the offseason has been really fun to watch as well. So, you know, I think that's a continuing to evolve question because we're so early in camp. But uh, I think really all three of those guys are um, give us a better specialist room and an improved specialist room from even where we were a year ago in terms of the kickoff standpoint, in terms of the field goal standpoint. I think all three guys have continued to improve greatly. How um, does the fact that he's got a fresh leg, does that help after not kicking last year? Yeah, I, I don't know if that helps or not. Um, I just think, you know, what he's done in his past gives him a lot of confidence because he's been very successful. And I think as we know in, in the world of specialists, it's about consistency equal to talent. And, you know, he's a young man that's really has both of those. Um, and it'll be really fun to watch him evolve through through the fall camp part, portion of things. One more part of this. <clears throat> you were forced to be creative last year on your kickoff game. Um, to say the least, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, I assume you're hoping not to be as creative this year. And how important is it just to kick the, the ball into the end zone? Yeah, you know, I, I think we did. I mean, we we covered more kicks than anybody in college, you know, Division One football last year. And, you know, the kickoff is a – man, that's a challenging play no matter how you slice it. And I think we have an outstanding kickoff coverage team. So I've always been really proud of what that group has done. It's just the law of averages, the more – opportunities teams get the the more challenging that can be and you know the obvious there's moments in last football season where that hurt our football team so you know I, I really think just the consistency of a kickoff guy you know we there was a lot of guys and we had to battle through a bunch of injuries last year early on in fall camp and then obviously with Eddie Ogumba getting hurt um, you know it was a challenge but I will say as well there were some real positive moments you know Drake Nettles did a great job coming in at the end of the season and equally we had had some really big plays on our kickoff team as well. So, yeah, I, I think that's just a, you always want to be better in everything we, we do. And, and I do. I'm really excited about the growth that entire kicking kicking unit has made through the offseason. Hey, Matt, I wanted to ask you about Brees Hall. Uh, when you started recruiting him, I believe he was a, a two-star prospect. And then 
magically became a three-star after he committed. Um, how, what did you see in him initially? How did you get in kind of touch with him and, in, in Wichita? And what did you tell him over the, the, the coming months before he did commit that, that you saw something great from him? Yeah, I wonder what star he'd be now, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I think for us, and just the Brees piece of it, the running back aspect of things, there's some traits that I think we've always looked for, you know, dating back to our Toledo days of, man, a guy that can one cut and get vertical, a guy that has the ability to, um, you know, express the ball into the end zone with great consistency. I've always said great tailbacks have three traits that are that are really, really good. And they, they got the ability to catch the ball in the backfield, they can block, and obviously they can run it. Um, you know, sometimes, there's tailbacks that can just run it, or they can just catch it, or then maybe they're just a blocker. But I think the thing that showed up for early on in Brees' career is he could do all of them. And you got to remember, he played JV as a sophomore in his high school football team. So some of the videotape that you're seeing early in his career is either JV film or it's, you know, the early parts of his junior season where it's, you know, the beginning of his varsity film. But I think what you saw early on is, man, this guy can do he gets one cut in vertical. He can do all three of those skill sets at a really high rate. He was asked to do it. His high school football program, great high school football coach, um, extremely successful. They very similar offensively to what we do. So you could actually see and envision what you were going to ask him to do. And you know, we were just getting through the David piece of it, and from. For most of our staff, we were also just getting done leaving Kareem Hunt in Toledo. So I think we had really good visual what that that position group needed to look like, and and you know he certainly met the qualifications. So I think we saw that early on. And then to to back that up, uh, you you signed him about the same time David was deciding whether or not to to come back or or leave for the NFL draft, and. Uh, what made you decide to want to play him and maybe, you know, I think a couple of weeks into his freshman year or, or at least put him in that major role? And then how has he developed? You've seen him since, you know, those first couple of weeks on yeah. campus to, to now being maybe the best running back in the country. Yeah, I think the assumption, you know, for all of us was that David was, you know, in that recruiting time frame, you know, we, we signed both he and Jirel at the same time. And, and I think the assumption for us is David would be gone. You know, we knew that David was, you know, really going to have to make a decision going into his junior year. And, um, you know, we were kind of recruiting with the mindset of, man, we're going to have to get a guy to come in here and maybe help us early on, um, you know, at least as the every down tailback. And so, you know, I think the thing that benefited both those guys, because if you remember that season, um, Jirel played early on and, and gave us some really good reps. And then Brees kind of, you know, they, those two were kind of battling through the early part of fall camp and really the early part of the season. And, you know, the difference a little bit, Brees had a head start because he came in in January and Jirel came in in the summer. But uh, I, I thought it was a really good competition. Um, but, and then you had Kene coming off of injury at that time, Johnny Lang. And there was some really good competition in the early part of the season. But as any freshman, there was a lack of consistency. 
And I think that's what you're looking for as the coach when you say, man, if our program's built on trust and it's built on consistency, you got to earn it. You got to earn the right to be the guy. And, you know, I, I think there was a time frame where, you know, Brees was fr probably frustrated early in his, you know, that freshman year because I think what he wanted and what his process to get what he wanted didn't match. And as the season kind of wore on, I think it started to really match how, his, how he practiced, how he went about his day to day process um, leading into that West Virginia game. And in the West Virginia game, if we remember on the road, you know, um, you know, kind of the first part of that game's a little bit all over the place. And then, you know, he came, comes in the game and steadied the ship for us and kind of really from there on has kind of just taken off. So, you know, again, he earned that right to do that and get that opportunity. And I, I still would say college football is about the moments in terms of playing careers. Like you're going to get your shot and you the guys that have taken advantage of their moment and their shot when it came their way are the guys that really have flourished. And man, you look at Brock and you look at Brees and you look at some of these young guys that have played early in their career, they maximized their moments and their opportunity when it came. And I think that's what Brees did. What are the next steps for Will McDonald and his development? And how does the challenge for him change without Jaquan on the opposite side from him on the defensive line? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think for Will's standpoint, it's just I think his evolution is what you saw as a, a freshman being a kind of a specialty player to what you saw as a, you know, as a sophomore being a guy that was a rotational player to, you know, what you see now is continuing to, you know, grow into that role that he kind of defined a year ago. You know, I, I think people see Will McDonald and the sacks, but like, man, you, Will McDonald plays the run really well. Will McDonald is a, you know, a really talented defensive end, not just a, a pass rush specialist. So I, I think that's the thing for, from my end is I think he's already proven that a little bit a year ago. And and just continuing now to man his body and you know continuing to play great reps and you know I, I think Jaquan obviously a great player and, and we'll miss him but boy you know you got Zach Peterson back and you got any and you got some of these guys that have very similar traits as even what Jaquan had so you know I, I think that there's still a, a really good balance on that defensive end position and you know a lot of guys that can still do a lot of things that that certainly you can't just keep your eye on one guy there there's a lot of guys that can can put pressure on the defense. I think towards the end of last season, you were as vocal in your praise of Mike Rose as maybe any player I can remember in your five years. What, yeah. what did you see from him last year and what's next for him this season? Yeah, you know, I, I think from Mike's standpoint, the thing you really appreciate about Michael is, you know, man, when this team needed Michael, he, he always came up with the play. He was always there for the stop or the play and always where he needed to be when he needed to be there. And, you know, I, I think about what Michael does in terms of his maximizing his full potential, you know, in terms of work ethic, attitude, effort, how he practices. And I, I love Michael because Michael's the same guy. If you came to Tuesday's practice and Wednesday's practice, it's the same guy you guys get to see on Saturday. And I've always felt like the great players, the, the elite players that we coach, they have that same unique trait. Um, and, you know, I think what Michael needed to do was knowing that it's, man, it's not going to get any easier for him. You know, now, you know, you get teams that are going to try to formation against you. You're going to get teams that are going to try to maybe go away from you. There's just going to be unique, more unique challenges that come as the, as the better you get, the more teams playing for you. And it, it really challenges you to be your best. And I think Michael's taken that challenge. I, boy, what he looks like right now compared to what he 
he looked like last year, I would say is night and day. And again, that's a total credit to, to Mike Rose in terms of, man, how do you get better? You know, it's like it's that last 5% of greatness that's really hard to figure out and define. And I feel like Michael has really went and deep soul search for what that needs to look like, both from a mental standpoint, a physical standpoint, and how do you how do you take another step forward? Um, so I, I think he understands the challenge. I'm really proud of at least what he's done to prepare for this fall. Matt, over here. Uh, years past, you've used bulletin board material about doubters and a questioning where Iowa State fits. This year, expectations are high. How does that kind of perspective change things when you're trying to draw the best out of these guys? Yeah, you know, I, I still don't think, you know, much has changed about, boy, our program very much. You know, I, I think the the re, the reality of who we are isn't isn't very different than where we were four or five years ago, other than the fact of, you know, from my standpoint, it's not going to get any easier. It's still how we do what we do is still really challenging. You know, um, it's not just, man, we got just all elite talent, like we got to be an elite team. And, you know, I think the process that we take to to be the best version of us is really hard. Um, you know, we play team football. We have to do the little things really well to still win football games. You know, those things haven't changed. And I think as long as we continue to identify who we are, what allows us to be successful, and not try to navigate ourselves very far off of that path, then I think we've given ourselves that opportunity. And I think that's what we've used the last two years to do is navigate who are we? What allows Iowa State to win and be successful? Because what allows Iowa State to win and be successful isn't the same as school A, B, and C that maybe we compete against or we're competing against. So um, I think that's the biggest thing. Know who we are, stay close to who we are, and then continue to find the best way to be the best versions of ourselves we can be. And I think that's where our growth has come, and I think that's where our confidence has come as well. Talk a little bit about Mike Rose elevating. How is Brock? since last year elevated his game because he's obviously now more veteran and going to be a big leader. Yeah, I mean, geez, you know, I, I think veteran is is a great statement. You know, I think you'd love to have a quarterback that's played as many games as what Brock Purdy has played. And, you know, I, I think no different than Michael. You know, it's like, man, how do you take that last 5% of what greatness looks like? You know, that's th those are hard areas when you start to get into that area of, of trying to identify what it looks like man, where can you maximize and grow? And the thing about Brock and, and same thing as Michael is, boy, they're both searching for it. They're both trying to figure it out, whether it's, man, the, the physical growth in their body, whether it's how the training looks like, whether it's the mental growth in the, in the, in the video room. You know, if it's, man, now understanding protections and how those go with the whole thing. I, I just think it's, it's the final evolution of what you would expect a fourth-year quarterback to be able to do. And I, I know I said this a couple years ago about great quarterbacks great quarterbacks can really they're almost like the offensive coordinator on the field at times right they're the guys that they have so much experience and I think when you look in the National Football League what do those guys do really well well man they're Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning 
I heard him talk last night, but he's the offensive coordinator out there. You know, you hear Bill Belichick talk about Peyton Manning. He's the greatest competitor he's ever gone against. Well, you know, I think that's where you try to get those veteran quarterbacks to be at some point. And I think that's hard at our level because you just don't have the time that you get with an, in the National Football League. But when you have so much playing experience, I think the evolution of, man, having the ability to make adjustments and get guys where they need to be on the football field, I think that's what you like in terms of a collegiate quarterback that's had this much experience. And I think Brock's really dove into that. And, and, you know, he's always been that guy. But I think now understanding and experiencing it and being able to share those experiences with his teammates and lead his teammates, it's been fun to watch. Coach, back to linebacker, uh, Orion Vance, how far he's come and the versatility he brings to your defense. Yeah, you know, I, I boy, Orion Vance, Jake Hummel, Mike Rose, I, 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 I don't know if I can say enough about all three of those players. You know, I, I talked a lot about Michael, like, you know, what Orion Vance, and, and, and if you can't talk about Orion Vance and not talk about Jake Hummel, because in my opinion, those two players are outstanding. And, you know, Mike gets a lot of credit, but boy, oh boy, when you really sit back and study the videotape and see what the consistency that Jake Hummel has played with, what he has meant to our defense, and then obviously what Mike has done, or what uh, Orion has done has been nothing short of exceptional. So I think all three of those guys give us a lot of versatility. All three of those guys have the ability to drop into coverage. They've got the ability to run sideline to sideline. They've got the ability to pressure. Um, and all three of those guys you, you're talking about have a lot of game experience that has allowed them to really elevate themselves both physically and mentally going into their senior year. So really excited about b both of those guys as well. Coach, what I think I've always admired about your team is just how humble they are as individuals and as a team. Mm -hmm. I think it's easier to be that humble when you're still building and trying to prove yourself. But coming off a season like last season, I know different coaches do it different ways, but what's the emphasis for you? Is it Last season was last season. Let's scrap that. You guys haven't done anything type uh, of, of approach, or is it more? Let's actually look at last season and and build off of that, and we want to be successful because of that. Or is there a balance to that? Yeah, I, I think again, if we don't define the past, then I think it's really hard to improve in the future. And you know, I, I think we over the last two years we've had the ability to do that. Um, you know. I, the question was asked a little bit a couple days ago about the 2019 football season. You know, to be able to grow in the 2020 season, we had to define what went on, what went well, what didn't go well, and how can we improve? How can we improve? And you know, I, I think that's the thing that I love about our sport is is every season is different because in college football you just got a different dynamic. You always do. You know, you lose a couple guys, guys have success. It, it's you're you're mentoring 18 to 22 year olds still, you know, in a critical time in their life. And so no matter what it was or wasn't a year ago, I think the next year is always different. And certainly, you know, man, you got some different players leave the team. But I think what we chose to do in January and February was what 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 just happened? What did we learn? And there was a lot of things we learned, both the circumstances around us to obviously the season. There were some different successes that we were able to experience. Why did those happen? How did we do well in some of those experiences? And, and how did we fail in some of those experiences? 
and then how do we move ourselves forward? And I think part of the, that process is identifying who we are, and I, I go back to that. I think there's gotta be a soul-searching mission during the January and February months for our coaching staff and our players to identify exactly where we're at. And sometimes that's hard because you gotta, I think we all have to put our ego aside and say what we do well and what didn't we do well. And then let's let's talk about it and then let's figure out how we move ourselves forward. And, you know, I, I think we've had more changes in our offseason program than we've ever had this offseason. And I think that's hopefully that'll be for the benefit of us going forward. But I think we learned a lot um, a year ago in terms of some of the things that we experienced and how we can benefit ourselves. But I think it's a great question. I, I think part of that process of the ego piece of it's got to start with myself and our coaches of saying, there's some things we did well, and there's other things we maybe need to do better. And then let's trickle that down and, and ask our players to do the same thing and have the same reflection, and then let's move ourselves forward. So every year does start over for us, but um, I think learning from the prior season or seasons is something that's been critical for us because if we don't learn from the past, then I, then I think some of those same mistakes can happen in the future. Hey, Matt. Uh, Eric Olson with the Associated Press. Uh, two questions for you. Number one, uh, I, I know you're not huge on talking about postseason awards, especially in August, but uh, you know, like with the Heisman Trophy, uh, there's been no uh, running back uh, that's, that's won it in five years, and if it goes six years, that'd be the longest stretch in the awards history that there hasn't been a, a running back to, to win it. And So, I mean, a guy like Brees or any other top-flight running back in the country, what are they up against, you know, just kind of the way the game has evolved and in, in kind of breaking through? <laughs> You're right. That, that's probably not my strength answering that question. Um, you know, I, 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 that that's a great point. I think the Heisman Trophy piece of things is one of those wards where there, there's there's timing sometimes. You know, I think obviously your team's got to be really good, um, and then obviously an individual that's maximizing his full potential with consistency from game one through 12, 13. 14 before that award comes out. Um, you know, I, I think the for me to really answer that question on man, what's happened at the running back position uh, is is probably really hard for me because it's a lack of education on that knowledge from my end of it to give you a great example of that. But I do think I can give you the the answer of man, maximizing your full potential on a team that's playing really great football with great consistency, a consistent team and a consistent performance. I think that's what you're looking for when you're talking the Heisman Trophy. And then, and then the second one is, is that uh, I know you said last week you haven't spent a whole lot of time thinking about the Big 12 situation, but what, what, what's, what's a guy tell recruits at this point when there's that uncertainty out there? We win and we'll work to continue to win. And if you want to play for a winning team, come play for us. Matt, I wanted to ask you about kind of recruiting. When you came to the state, did you know much about the state of Iowa and its recruits? And in addition to that, how has it grown? Because the last couple of years, both the 2021, 2022, 2023 classes are all just seemingly, you know, with double-digit high-caliber recruits. How has it changed since you got here? along with what your thoughts and feelings were when you first Yeah, you know, I, to, to say I had a great knowledge of, you know, the state of Iowa in terms of high school, football, or recruiting would be 
um, would would not be fair to say. You know, I, I being in the MAC, you know, especially where we were at Toledo, our primary area was, man, the state of Ohio, a little bit of Michigan, Western Pennsylvania. Um, you know, we weren't migrating very much farther than maybe Illinois in terms of our recruiting process. So, you know, to, to really know the ins and outs of this state, um, you know, it, it took us a while till we got here to figure that out and obviously understand that. Um, but I, I will say the growth that I have seen, you know, since we've been here from where we were year one, to where we are now um, with the influx of, boy, really talented players. Um, I'm really impressed with the high school coaching in this state and the development of the players in this state. Um, it's been really fun to, to, over my six years, watch not only that, but to see the growth and, and see the amount of players that are started to really come out of our state. It's been really fun to, to be a part of that process and, and watch that process and understand that. And, you know, I think even, reflection of it sometimes the amount of really good players that have come out of this state prior to you know that maybe weren't getting recruited or maybe you know were falling and and, and they were going to some other schools and having tremendous amount of success I think maybe a little bit of that as well um, that maybe some of those players were always here they were just getting going somewhere else having great success developing in those programs and then you saw some of those guys going on and playing in the national football league or having tremendous collegiate careers i think all those things were a little bit of a mix of things as we really studied and evaluated it and saw even some of the really talented fcs schools that were having tremendous amount of success with young men from the state of iowa um, I, I think that part of it, maybe it was a realization, too, that there were some really good players in this state. It was just sometimes it took them a year or two to develop within a program, and all of a sudden now those guys were tremendous collegiate players and obviously guys that continue to play after that as well. Along those lines, uh, one player that seemed to uh, kind of shake it up a little bit was uh, was Trevor Downing, you know, highly sought after for multiple teams, and you were kind of personally involved in that one. What did he mean to, to go ahead and get his recruitment and get his uh, get him on the team? Yeah, you know, I, I just think from from our end, you know, coming in here, obviously we were not just in the state of Iowa. I think just period, we were selling a hope. You know, I mean, in recruiting, and you know, when you're when you're recruiting to a program that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Two wins, three wins, three wins. You know, it's hard to sell anything other than hope for a little while. And you know, the reality of it is, that at some point, as you're building a program, you do have to turn reality in, or turns hope into some some sort of reality. Like we can actually do these things that we say we want to do. And I think you know, Trevor was a little bit a part of that, where you know we were just starting to to make the turn as a program. We were starting. To, to maybe move the needle a little bit. And, you know, at some point when you want to get a higher caliber football player, that higher caliber player wants to go to a team where the question was just asked, like, man, like you want to go somewhere that, that wins. You want to go somewhere that develops you. You want to go somewhere that's going to give you the best opportunity to be successful. And I think, you know, it was almost like the program was going that way a little bit. And then Trevor getting a guy the caliber of Trevor that we really hadn't won many of those battles since we had been here. Um, I thought that was really big for us. And, and certainly um, Trevor has proven to be a, a very talented player for our team as well. I want to ask this, and it's going to sound weird, but who's Xavier Hutchinson? 
Yeah, I think that when I when I hear Xavier, the first word I think is consistency. You know, I think Xavier's the bell cow in terms of the wide receiver position for us because X is just as you talk about Mike Rose, I, I would say he's the same guy at the wide receiver position for us. He's the same guy on Tuesday and Wednesday. He's highly talented. He maximizes his full potential. Um, and he is, man, he is exactly where he needs to be when this team needs him the most. And I think he's proven the ability to do that. And the reason he's been able to prove to do that is because the consistency that he has the ability to bring every day in our program. How'd you find him? Yeah, geez. I think X's process was very similar. You're losing Akeem Butler. Mm -hmm. You know that, you know, he's probably has an opportunity to leave after his junior year and that you know having that that primary focus at the wide receiver position is, is really really important for our team to be successful and you know we, we're kind of searching that you get pet 19 and you're you're on that thought process of man that having that dominant outside receiver is critical and so you know, I think you got to search everywhere for, for Iowa State to find that guy because you're not going to go out there usually and you're not going to go get every five-star wide receiver in the country coming to Ames, Iowa. So, you know, I, I think it was on a soul-searching mission across the country of, man, who fits that mold? And, and we found X early in, in his process. You know, we certainly went back to Jacksonville days and at, towards the end of his high school career, followed him early on at, you know, in terms of his junior college career. And then as we got to know X, I think that's when that, that match really started to come. And that was midway through, um, you know, his first year in junior college football. And I think for us, it was who he was on top of what he was. And then all of a sudden he exploded in the recruiting process. And we got into one of those highly challenging recruiting processes. But I think it was our relationship with him early on um, that we felt really confident that we can get into that and, and have the opportunity to maybe win that battle. You've had wonderful consistency with your assistant coaches. How important has that been and how have you managed, how's that, have you man, how have you guys managed that consistency? Yeah, I, I really think, Randy, I, I would say it's everything. It's been everything to why we've been able to build this program because, again, this program takes everybody going in the same direction at the same time to be successful. Um, you've followed this, everybody, like, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not, it's, it's never gonna be easy, but what it needs is everybody going at the right place at the right time. And I think the consistency that we have had in you talk about, let's talk about recruiting, you know, man, to have guys that can put their ego aside and say, man, Everybody knows what the position groups look like. Nobody's trying to be the rivals. Hopefully, rivals isn't mad. The rivals, big Big 12 recruiter of the year, right? Like, man, we just want to do what's best for the team because we're not. Everybody's not trying to edge their way to the next job. Then you know you talk about the sch the scheme on offense and defense. Like, man, let's figure out who we are, and now we're teaching the same fundamentals and techniques. Now, two years, three years, four years in. Um, I think those things those things have been absolutely huge for us and then the consistency of character and man what is the responsibility 
love, care, serve. Kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Really believing in that foundation of, of kids first, you know, us second, those things critical to our success. I think that, that that has been absolutely huge for us in our development. And, you know, without that, we wouldn't be, you know, even anywhere close to where we are. And, you know, the credit goes to our coaching staff wanting to stay here, the coaching staff wanting to continue to build. And, um, you know, I think you're talking about a bunch of a group of men that have demanded to do things, you know, in a very uncommon way. And I really appreciate that. So, yeah, I'm really grateful for it. You mentioned Mike working to get that 5% better. What does that 5% look like for the team as a whole? And how is that 5% now different than the 5% it took to go from three and nine to the Liberty Bowl, Liberty Bowl to the Alamo Bowl, college football or uh, camping world bowl to last year? Yeah, you know, I, I just think the, it, you know, I think we realize the higher you go up the mountain, you know, the 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 more challenging that mountain can be, the harder it is to breathe, breathe, and the more precision you need, the higher up you get. And so I I just think that, yes, it applies to Mike Rose as it applies in a lot of ways to the continued growth of our football team. And, you know, I think that's why defining, you know, the processes, understanding where everybody is. And, and you also got a, a football team that we got some guys that understand exactly what we're talking about, that 5%. And you got other guys that are still, man, they're in year one or two or three in the program. And so I think that's where that's where this whole building process and continued growth process is really unique and intriguing. And so, you know, we, we really dove into that this offseason because now you're in a standpoint where you've got some guys that need the last 5%. You need some guys that maybe need the last 20%. And then got a whole group of guys that need maybe all 100% of it, and they're still trying to figure out the, the baseline of it. But, um, you know, I, I think that part of the process is what, what you love as a coach because it's such a unique and different challenge than maybe even it was a year ago for us. But, uh, you know, I think what a great question, and I wish I had a better answer for it other than it's complicated, and it's one of those really unique challenges that we're in. You know, it's early, but does it feel harder to get from where you were last year to where you want to be this year versus – yeah, and I think we know that that's harder, you know, like that's that's obviously more of a challenge. But again, is your challenge the wins and the losses? It is for everybody out here writing about Iowa State and following Iowa State and our fan base. But man, internally, that's why reach your full potential. Whatever that is, whatever that comes is, and college football is funny because anything can happen in any game, and all things can can go haywire really fast, and you got to put it back together, or they can go good, and you're going to have to keep. There's just so many unique challenges that are coming our way. Where if you can just worry about a process, you can worry about reaching your full potential, identify both individually and collectively where we are, and then where we need to go. Then I think you can really navigate that storm rather than worrying about is it harder or is it easier, you know. But I think anytime you're striving to continue to grow and get better, um, especially with any sort of success, that's a real challenge and, and certainly will continue to be a challenge for us in our program. Speaking of challenges and to go back from 2019 to 2017, um, what was it like on that whirlwind recruiting tour? You know, and you talked about selling hope. You had to convince guys that had seen a team that won three wins, two wins, three, three. And uh, when you look back on it and all the foundational people you got out of it, does it boggle the mind at all a little bit that it worked out as well as it did? Well, I think, you, you know, even, you know, some of my emotions at the end of last season was the reflection back on in really a, 
a good bulk load of those guys are seniors now in our program is those guys really took a chance on us right like like they 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 didn't they didn't come to Iowa State, and Iowa State was anybody was talking about success or going from good to great or anything like that. They were just trying to be, man. You you were you were trying to fight the ghosts of the past, and you know I, I think that when you look at you know what some of those seniors in terms of last year's senior group and and Jaquan and and certainly what Lawrence and some of those guys believed in us and man we just got here in a month to Chase Allen who is no different um, in that first recruiting class that we've had and what he's done and and then you look at this year's senior class and you look at some of these guys that have came in and and you know you're selling hope you're selling an opportunity and I think that's where your emotion and appreciation for these guys who believed that this could happen and then, man, they went to work to make it happen. And I, I think that's, to me, what you're, you're so grateful for, um, a group of, of young men that really demanded to create change. And it wasn't easy, especially through the early part of it. Um, and it certainly hasn't gotten any easier as you continue to try to build it. So, um, you know, just a, a sincere appreciation for that group of guys because they really came in when you know there was no there was no reality there was just a hope and and a vision and those guys made the vision a reality just to follow up briefly did it become you think an if then proposition for those guys if they were willing to buy in to this vision of hope that you guys were uh, pitching them they could maybe draw the most out of themselves individually because a lot of these guys were quote-unquote unheralded recruits at the time too yeah you know i i i that's a great question probably for them. You know, I, I think though, I think for those guys, that's, that's what you love about college football. You know, it still is, I don't care really what level it is, you've got an 18 year old young person that how much adversity have they gotten in life? You know, we're, we're going through our senior speeches right now and it's amazing to hear these guys tell their story. And I've always said, by the time you become a senior in college football, if adversity hadn't hit at 18 years old, it's hit by 22 or 23 years old. And you've been dealt some sort of tough and trying time. And the ability to overcome those and the ability to work through hard and the work through tough. And you know, we talked about the mental health standpoint a couple of days ago, like, man, what you have to go through at this level to stick it out, fight it out, let alone try to build something on top of it. I think that's really, really challenging. And, and so, you know, I think that's one of the things that you're so appreciative of. Man, we've got 26 seniors. Those 26 seniors, they all got a story. And they all have adversity. They all have perseverance. And whether it's personally or collectively, um, they've been a, a true foundation to everything that's been built here. You guys are in a unique situation where you were had so much success last year, but you only have a handful of people to really replace from last year's team. Is there anybody of those guys that's more difficult or has bigger shoes to fill than whoever has to fill Kane's spot at the kick return position? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think, you know, I think about those guys that left, um, you know, the, the seniors that were replacing Lawrence White. I mean, what a, what a, you know, three-year starter, big plays, big moments for our football team, Mr. Consistency into the boundary safety piece of things. Obviously, Jaquan, you know, you, you hit on that a little bit earlier. I mean, you know, Jaquan, huge moments, game-changing plays for our football team. 
you, you know how I feel about obviously what Kane did last year. In my opinion, there's probably four individual plays that literally win us four separate games. And if those plays don't happen, we don't win the football game. Landon Akers, I mean, man, what Landon Akers has meant to Iowa State football over the last three years. You know, the plays he's made on special teams, the block punt in the Baylor game. I'm like, oh, geez, there's so many things that Landon's done for this team. So, you know, you talk about glue, and I talk a lot about that in our program. I think what we lost is a lot of glue. Who takes over those things? Who continues to, to uncover that? You know, what, what does that look like? Where are we? I think those things will be really fun to watch and see who takes those roles and who who picks up the slack from some some really you know really glue plays that ha held our football team together in some trying times. Along those same lines, um, you lose two defensive tackles to transfer portal. Return Isaiah Lee. Who are some of those other guys that you're looking at at that defensive tackle position, and what does Isaiah Lee and those other guys bring to the table? Yeah, you know, boy, I, I'm excited about that position group. You know, I, I think J.R. Singleton is one of the most talented young players in our football program. Um, I think a guy that is, you know, got tremendous ability and I think a rising star. Um, Howard Brown coming in and, and really a guy that, in my opinion, is um, kind of cut out of the same J.R. Singleton mold, a guy that's very mature. He's big as big can be, sometimes too big, um, but but big and can run and can play quarterback too. So maybe we'll do a little bit of that. Uh, That'll be a good question for him midseason when we're going to see him at quarterback. Under center or behind center? Probably behind. Yeah. So we don't want to, you know, we don't want to put him under ball security and you get all over my case about that. But, um, you know, but I think that group I'm really excited about. You know, any gives us some flexibility. You know, any can go inside and can go outside. So, you know, to me, that group is what I like about that, that, that interior piece for us is it's a group that almost has a lot more unique traits than kind of, I think the last couple of years, it's kind of the same guy where you got some guys that give you some different matchup opportunities and some different things. And also you got a guy that, there's a couple guys that can play, man, 60 plays in there if they needed to. So um, yeah, I think that we actually have a little bit more flexibility than we've ever had in the interior of our defensive line right now. Matt, I'm curious, when we talked with Coach Mauser a couple months ago, he mentioned that it's not about replacing Dylan Saner. You obviously can't do that. But I'm curious, and since fall camp started, who's kind of emerged in that tight end room? You know, Easton, Deshaun, I mean, who's kind of caught your eye there? Yeah, I think the first name for me is, is Jared Russ. You know, Jared Russ is a guy that, uh, you know, you talk about a glue guy lo losing some glue and a guy that kind of stepped in last year when Dylan went down and was, man, really impressive to all of us um, and a guy that in my opinion has taken some of those positive experiences at the end of last football season and ran with it this offseason and, and really even in the first couple of days of practice you've been like geez this guy looks fantastic I think Jared's a young man that that gives us a lot of unique ability you know he's kind of like a fullback but can play tight end he can do a lot of different things for our team you know I, I I've talked a lot about Easton and Deshaun Hanukkah. Um, Tyler Moore's a, a you know a freshman that came in. It really benefited from coming in in January. So there's a lot of mixing and matching that I think we can do at the tight end position, which is, which is really good. And you're right, Dylan did a lot of, of really good things. I don't know if you can truly replace that guy. There's not many guys that look like 6'6", 275 that can do what he did. But, you know, I also think, man, you, you got different pieces and that's your job offensively is to try to figure out how those pieces can ma maximize, you know, your offense and your skill sets around it. And we got some unique guys that can do that for us.
What are you kind of expecting out of uh, Tariq Milton this offseason, or this season, and where has he grown the most this offseason? You know, I, I would say Tariq's mindset has grown the most. I think, you know, when any time you get injured, that's hard. And, you know, Tariq, you know, man, he makes that huge play against Oklahoma early in the season. Really hard injury. Really hard injury. Man, he toughs it out and, he, you know, rehabs and he comes back and then makes a couple really big plays in the, or in the Texas game. And then just kind of battling back and forth health that's a mental that that's hard that I think that's mentally that's really challenging and you know I was so proud of Tariq kind of having the ability to stay the course help us at the end of the football season and then I think he was on a soul-searching mission himself man <laughs> tough cards get dealt my way how do I overcome it how do I become the best version of myself I can be in every area and it started getting healthy I mean if you see Tariq Milton right now Man, he looks phenomenal. As best that I've seen him physically look, I think he's almost 200 pounds right now. You know, looks really big, strong, powerful. Um, has really flashed early on the first couple of days of practice, which I'm excited for. Um, I just think he's, you've seen the most consistent and healthy Tariq Milton that we've seen, and uh, I'm excited about that for him. And then earlier you brought up the depth of the defensive, uh, defensive line. Uh, how big of a role do Zach Peterson and any play uh, kind of flying under the radar? Yeah, you know, and it's funny, the Zach Peterson flying under the radar, you know, like that, that one always, I, I kind of chuckle at that a little bit sometimes, and I'm not demeaning your question because I think I've heard that multiple times. But, man, if, I, if you go back to, like, watch our football team play and Zach Peterson, he's been exceptional for us. And, you know, I, 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 maybe it's just because Jaquan and those guys have, have garnered a lot of the conversation, but I, I really feel like Zach Peterson is one of the best defense alignment that we've coached since I've been here, you know, and um, he's a guy that just continues to play. He's, he's, I think sometimes you get spoiled of a guy that's always where he's supposed to be when he's supposed to be there doing what he's supposed to do, and he's one of those guys that does that for us. You know, I think any um, really high-end high end ability, you know, and has flashed and had some incredible moments. I think him trying to find that elite consistency in his game. But, uh, you know, I, I think both of those guys, if you physically saw where those guys went this offseason, I think that that would just alone, you know, you'll be really excited about what those two look like and really the time and the effort that they put into maximizing their full potential. As a coach, do you prefer a team that goes into a season, maybe can sneak up on some people, maybe not be expected to do a whole lot. Or as a coach, like this season, expectations are through the roof. Mm -hmm. How do you evaluate that as a coach, and do you prefer one or the other? I don't, I don't know if I prefer or have ever really thought about preferring one or the other. I, I think, you know, every team is different. Um, you know, and, and the reality is you, you want to look at what does that team have where have they been and how do you maximize their full potential? And literally, that's all I ever think about. So, you know, I, I think from, from my end of things, our coaching staff's end of things, everybody within the organization's end of things, it's always about how do we reach our full potential rather than worrying about what are the expectations, what are people saying about us positively or negatively. And I, I jokingly always say this, like, man, if we ever worried about what everybody said about Iowa State football, we would have never got off the ground. So, you know, I think we just keep worrying about ourselves and figuring out how we can be the best version of us we can be. We've got time for one more question. 
In, in past years, this would probably be a, a question uh, that gets asked a lot when there wasn't as much depth, but freshmen, how, how have those guys looked since they uh, got here, some in January, some over the summer, who's sticking out so far in camp? Yeah, again, uh, you know, I think one of the things about this freshman class, and here's where it's been almost enjoyable to recruit this class in this, this 2022 class is you're kind of doing it the old-fashioned way, like how you should do it off of videotape evidence. You know, you didn't get to go watch these guys run a 40 at camp. You kind of watch these guys, like, play football, you know. And I think one of the pleasant surprises we've had in this this current freshman class that just got here is there's a lot of good football players. And I, I think can some of those guys help us? We'll see. You know, what's the next two weeks look like? We'll see. Would I say, you know, all around collectively, one of the most impressive classes that we've we put together? I, I'd say I feel really confident about saying that right now. Um, you know, I, I think there's every position group's got a player or two that have come in, maybe even exceeded our early expectations of where they would be as, as freshmen. Um, I think we went back to that model, though, of what's the videotape evidence say? Recruit young men from great high school football programs and recruit guys that fit our culture. And, you know, when, when the world got chaotic and we couldn't go to camps, everybody freaked out, we just kind of hung back into what's our value system. And I think that really helped us, and especially this class. I think what we'll see at some point here is this is going to prove to be a pretty special freshman class. And, um, you know, we're certainly excited to have those guys because I think it even has created some depth and competition early on in fall camp uh, for everybody to be well aware of. So. Oh, I, I would definitely say yes. You know, Jaquan got here um, in May, and Jaquan, obviously, a guy that I think any time that you play for a really good football program and then in a really good conference and have had really meaningful quality reps, you know, Jaquan's played corner, he's played safety, he's played nickel, um, and he's played a ton as a true freshman on in his career. I think Jaquan's a guy that comes in and certainly brings a sense of veteranness. You know, you got Greg back there, and got a sheen that played some last year, obviously, and then you bring a guy like Jaquan that brings some more veteranness. I think it only continues to add to the competition in that secondary. So we're we're really glad Jaquan's with us. Excited about what he's shown already, and you know, again, those are great competitions that through fall camp it'll be fun to watch that safety group continue to evolve. Yep. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you.